0: Fasting brings to us many benefits. It expresses repentance, strengthens focus, increases intensity, develops discipline and deepens consecration. However, as we prepare to fast, we must keep in mind that God looks at how we live our life, our motives, our relationships, our caring of the poor and needy and our honoring Him in all we do. Alright, let's rise up to our feet, make our declaration and then we will get into God's word this morning. So if you brought your Bibles, uh, please hold it up high in the air and say it loud, loud, bold, and strong with me. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing. To many people, I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Please shake hands with the person sitting next to you, in front of you, behind you. Say hello, and uh, give them your name, and you may be seated, please. All right. Um, this morning, uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me, with me to Isaiah the 58th chapter. I'm going to, we're going to deal with a topic we, uh, we haven't dealt very much in the past, but it's good to talk about it, and we'll be spending three Sundays on this topic. We'll be talking about the chosen fast, about fasting as a spiritual discipline. You know, just as there is uh, meditation and God's Word, reading and meditating, God's Word is one of the spiritual disciplines that we uh, inculcate in our lives as believers. Prayer, worship, sharing the gospel, going out and ministering. All of these are spiritual disciplines that we uh, try to build and develop. Uh, As part of the normal Christian life. As part of growing up as believers. Fasting is also a spiritual discipline. That God speaks to his people. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, In the Old Testament we have many examples of that. We will uh, refer to some of them as we go along. And uh, in the New Testament. In Matthew the ninth chapter verses 14 through 17. I'll just refer to that. You know uh, one day the uh, people came to Jesus and said. You know why don't your disciples fast right now? Uh, we see the disciples of John the Baptist; they are fasting. But how come your disciples don't fast? And then Jesus responded by saying, "Can the friends of the bridegroom fast when the bridegroom is around? But a time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away. Then they will fast in those days." Meaning to tell us that when Jesus has been uh, has ascended back in, ascended into heaven, in the time period after that, which is right now, his disciples will fast. So we are in a time that Jesus said that we will be practicing this spiritual discipline of fasting. And uh, we're sharing about this and encourage all of us to do what we can to build and to grow up in this discipline because of the tremendous promises and tremendous blessings that are available to us on the other side of it if we do this correctly. Um, Fasting... Or brings many benefits, or we do that for many reasons. I'll mention some of these right now. Uh, fasting, first of all, in the Bible, you find that it's an expression of repentance. Uh, when you find people repenting, uh, when God touches them powerfully, and they say, God, I'm really sorry for the wrong things I've done, and they, uh, and they repent. Uh, fasting is an expression of repentance. It means that uh, what we see in the Bible is that when when in the Old Testament, when people repented, when there was something uh, they, that God touched their lives, they turned from the wrong things, they turned to God and as an expression of their repentance, they would, in the Old Testament, you know, put sackcloth and ashes and they would fast. They may fast a day from sunrise till sunset. They would just fast as an act of repentance saying, Lord, I'm truly turning towards you. Fasting also strengthens our focus. So uh, when you are, when you're wanting to focus in on something spiritual, maybe you're focusing on God. I just want to pursue you. I want to seek you more. Or God, I I want to hear from you. I want guidance. I want divine guidance on what decision I should make, and so on. Uh, There's a time when uh, there are times. um, These are times when you would fast. When you would take uh, the time to seek the Lord through fasting. Thirdly, fasting also increases intensity, uh, our intensity of our faith, or our prayer life, or our devotion to God. So. While faith and prayer and worship can be done normally, as a normal part of our life, when you combine that with fasting, it increases the intensity of it, makes it even much more intense and stronger. So for example, in Matthew 17, when the disciples of Jesus could not cast a demon out of a a young man, they came to Jesus, Jesus delivered the boy, and their disciples came to Jesus and said, why could we not cast it out? Jesus' response had had to deal with an issue of faith in Matthew 17, 20. He said, because of your unbelief. Because if you have faith, you do it. And then he continued to worship twenty-one. He said, however, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. The real issue was an issue of faith. But prayer and fasting is going to intensify that faith so that they could get their desired result. So fasting uh, uh, helps intensify the focus of certain spiritual things like faith or prayer or desire for God. Number four, fasting also develops discipline. Self-control in our lives. So you're able to shut the desires of your flesh down and say, I'm going to seek God and I'm going to let the Spirit ascend. Let my Spirit come forth and let the fruit of the Spirit come forth in my life. So it develops discipline. And fifthly, fasting also deepens consecration. Your commitment, your dedication to a cause uh, to that God is calling you. What we find in the Bible many times is that before they appoint elders or set aside leaders for a cause or release them into a work of ministry, they would fast. For instance, in Acts 13, Uh, When God has called uh, Paul and Barnabas out on missions, before they are sent out, the elders fast, they pray for them, and then they send them out. So fasting deepens your commitment to a certain cause before God. There are several, uh, so these are several reasons why we fast. But now fasting changes us, it does not change God. I used to think, you know, in the early days as a teenager when I used to fast, you know, I used to think like, man, if I fast, I starve myself, God will have pity on me, (laughs) you know. I said, poor fellow, he's starving, you know. (laughs) So let's do something for him. Uh, uh, Fasting doesn't really change God. It changes us. It actually puts us, brings us into the place where we can then receive from God. So it's not like, you know, I fast that I can twist God's arm. That's not the purpose of fasting. Fasting is really to change me, uh, to get me into the place where I really should be in my walk with God. Now, there are many different kinds of fast. We will talk uh, about this in detail next Sunday. But just to mention, so that we set the context, uh, typically fasting is to refrain from food. Uh, either you skip a meal or skip a couple of meals or you go on for a few days that way. Uh, so that's the normal way of doing it. Uh, fasting could also mean to refrain from certain kinds of food. So you may not abstain from all food, but certain kinds of food, like you know your biryani and kebabs, but you know, you just say that God, no more biryani kabaos for a few days. You don't care. You abstain from certain kinds of food. Like Daniel. Daniel's fast. He had, he refrained from eating certain things, certain delicacies and so on. Thirdly, uh, fasting also could mean refraining from certain activities for a period of time. Uh, so for instance, if you, if you know, if you typically spend half an hour or an hour watching television every day, you say, okay, God, ends up doing that, I'm going to take that time to pray. So you're fasting. You're still fasting. You're honoring God. You're setting the time aside to pray and seek the Lord. God's going to honor that. You're refraining from certain uh, activities, which you may normally do. It's not necessarily sin. It's just that you're taking that time to uh, pursue uh, uh, seeking God or pursuing spiritual interest. And the fourth kind of fast we also see in the Bible is what uh, I would call the fasted life. Fasting is a lifestyle. Uh, you find that in the Old Testament in the life of a Nazarite. Where God told, uh, for example, Samson is one Nazarite that we know uh, very well. Where God told him, you know, you refrain from certain kinds of food. You live a certain kind of a life. Uh, and you, know, you let your hair grow as a sign that he, had, he was a Nazarite. He had a Nazarite consecration. So a fasted life. which is, uh, It is something you're committing to on an ongoing basis. You may do it for a year, for two years. Or a Nazarite may even do it for the entirety of his life. That was the way he was going to live. It was a fasted life. So it was not so much as referring from all food, but certain kinds of food, certain kinds of activity as an ongoing basis. It was a fasted life, the life of a Nazarite. Uh, That was another kind of fasting. We'll uh, mention that next Sunday as well. So you could fast individually. You can get together in a group and fast. Or we could fast together as a church as we seek God. Now, what we want to do is to look at Isaiah, the 58th chapter. And in this chapter, God describes to us what often is referred to as the chosen fast. The word chosen simply means pleasing, excellent. What God is pleased with, what God looks at and says, "Wow, well, that's right, that's the right way to do it. That's excellent in my eyes. So this is a God's description of the chosen fast. And so we're going to read the entire chapter. And in this chapter, we will find God tells his people how to prepare to fast. That means, you know, you get yourself ready before you actually fast. Here are some things you should not do. And he deals with that. And then he also gives to them promises. He says, look, if you fast and you do it right, you do my chosen fast, you do it the way I want you to do it. Here are the amazing blessings that will come on your life. So here is like God saying, you know, Here's this room of all these blessings available for you. All you need to do is you, you fast, do it right, and then you will step into all of these things. It's available for you. So we will look at this chapter. We'll break this chapter down into three sermons. The first sermon today is about preparation. What we need to do in order to fast correctly before God. Second sermon, which is next Sunday, is positioning for whom, uh, for whom are you going to fast And why are you going to fast and how would you do it? That is positioning. That means you can fast for yourself or you can fast for another person or you can fast for another group of people like a church or a city or a nation. You fast for somebody else. And why? Meaning you're saying, God, these are things that I'm looking for. These are my desired outcomes as a result of my fasting. And how are you going to do it? I'm going to skip a meal every day or I'm going to live the fasted life or whatever. That's between you and God. So we can talk about that positioning next Sunday. And then we'll talk about the promises. It's all from this chapter. The amazing blessings that are there if we do God's chosen fast. So let's read the whole chapter and let's talk about preparation this morning. Isaiah 58, we'll start with verse 1. Are you with me so far? All right. Verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. Uh, they take delight in approaching God. Why have ye fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have you afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, to strike with a fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high? Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked that you cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst. The pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness will be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. And strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden. Like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairers of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own word. Then... You shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. In this chapter, you find God addressing this whole issue of fasting with his people. And he tells them the wrong things that they are doing, which is actually nullifying or negating the fast that they are doing. So, although they are fasting, there are certain things that are going wrong. And because of that, their whole fasting is of no effect, is not producing those desired outcomes. So God addresses those things, and then he also reminds them, he sets before them all these wonderful promises. He says, if you fast and do my chosen fast, all these things will happen to you. So on the two Sundays from now, we'll talk about the promises. It talks about healing, it talks about guidance, it talks about God's breakthrough in our lives, All these promises are available for each of us uh, if we fast correctly. Now, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we could do this for ourselves. You can say, God, I'm fasting and I want to receive these promises. I want to receive these blessings. Or you can do it as an intercessor. That means you do it on behalf of somebody else. You say, God, I'm fasting for that person because I want that person to receive all these promises. Or you could even do it on behalf of a group of people like a church or a city or a nation. You say, God, I am fasting on their behalf. Because I want all these promises you said to come upon them. So you're doing it as an intercessor on their behalf. But now, this morning, let's talk about what, or, or, what, how we should prepare ourselves in order to fast correctly. In order to do the chosen fast. In this passage, and we will go through it in detail. But you'll find that God deals with things about motives. Wrong motives. Wrong reasons for fasting. He deals with relationships. You've got to keep your relationships in order. How are you treating others? How are you speaking about others? That's important in order to fast correctly. Then he deals about compassion, about showing compassion to the needy, about helping those in need, doing that kind of, those kinds of things. And fourthly, he also addresses the issue of honoring God in all you say and do. Honoring God with your whole life. If these four things are not in place, then even if I fast... I'm actually short-circuiting it. I might be losing some of the benefits and the rewards and the blessings and the promises that are available, available to me through that fast. So preparation is important. Let's look at this here. I'll pick up in verse 3. Uh, what is God pointing out to his people? The people say here, why have we fasted, they say, and you haven't seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? And God responds, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. You exploit all your workers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate. That means on your day of fasting, you're getting into quarrels and you strike with a fist of wickedness. You get into fights. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard and eye because you just want to be heard and recognized. So God is saying, here's the problem. On the day of your fast, you're trying to impress God. You're saying, God, we fasted. Why aren't you noticing? I'm trying to impress God. So don't do it for that, those reasons. You're fasting to get yourself in the right place. It's not like God... You, you haven't been taking it, paying attention to me. So I need to get your attention. Jump the queue. <laughs> no, you're not doing this to impress God. So he's saying, why are you complaining? As though I didn't take notice of you. And then, on the time of their fasting, they're also continuing to pursue their selfish interests. And they're continuing to exploit their workers. Treat their, people, their workers incorrectly. So he's saying, look. You're fasting, but at the same time, behind the scenes or whatever you're doing, you're continuing to pursue your own interests, your own pleasures. And you're also exploiting people who are working for you, not treating them right. So it's nullifying, it's negating your fast before God. Verse 3 from the Good News Bible, it says, um, The truth is, at the same time you fast, you pursue your own interests and oppress your workers. The Message Bible says, the bottom line on your fast is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. So you see, and this is a theme that's repeated. Your interests, honoring God, is important as a preparation to fasting correctly. And also, how you're treating people is important in order to fast correctly. You with me so far? Let's continue there. Verses 6 and 7. Or verse, verse, yeah, verse 4. You fast for strife and debate. You're getting into quarrels. You're striking. Uh, uh, you're striking. You're getting into arguments. You're making your voice heard now, You're getting recognition from man. And then he says in verse 5, Is this the fa- kind of fast I've chosen for you to afflict your soul, put your head down and walk around, you know, and look at every, everybody's looking at you. Poor guy He's denying himself and, you know, he's afflicting his own body. Look at the pain he's going through. So you're getting all that attention from man. And you're trying to you know, impress God or uh, get God's sympathy by afflicting your own soul. That's wrong motive to fast. Jesus put it, did the same thing in Matthew 6. He said, when you fast, don't go, don't go around before people looking like, you know, somebody who's, who's going through all this pain and suffering. But you anoint, your, head, uh, you anoint yourself, you go out, be joyful as you fast before people. Right? So the motives are important is what God is emphasizing here. In verse 6, so he says, isn't this the fast I have chosen? This is the fast that is pleasing before me. What is it? And I'll, I'll read it from the New King James, and I'll read the parallel expressions from Good News and Message so that you can understand it. It says, verse 6, To lose the bonds of wickedness. That means to break chains of injustice. To remove chains of oppression. It means don't oppress people. Don't be unjust or unfair to people. To undo the heavy burdens. That is, get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Remove the yoke of injustice. Don't oppress people. You know? So example, let's say the day you fast... You're not going to eat food, but your maid comes and says, okay, I need you to work three extra hours. And you oppress your maid you're in the house or do something like that. Look, that is not right. Or you take a day off to fast, but you, you know, put more load on. People are working for you. You're oppressing them. You're not, you're not treating them fairly. This is getting too close to home, right? And God says, that's not right. The day you fast, got to make sure, And this is not just the day you fast. But in order to fast, the way you treat people must be right. Don't oppress them. Don't be unjust to them. Don't be unfair to them. Then he says, Let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Free the oppressed, those who are being burdened un, un, unfairly, and cancel debts. Break every yoke means to cancel debts. So people owe you somebody. So if, so let's say if somebody owes you a thousand rupees, I mean, owes you a small amount, and, and you want to say, Look, I want to enter the chosen fast because I know the blessings are there on the other side. So you say, Okay, I'm canceling this debt. Do it intentionally. It's part of your preparation to enter into the chosen fast. Verse 7. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? That means you feed those who are hungry. Give them food. That you bring to your house the poor or cast out. When you see the naked, you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh. That means don't hide yourself from your own families or your own relatives. So help them out. So you're doing works of compassion as part of your preparation to fast correctly before God. Are you with me? This is part of what God is calling us to fast, And then he goes on, verse 9, the second half of verse 9. If you take away the yoke from your midst, that is, if you put an end to oppression or unfair practices, that's putting yokes on other people unfairly, the pointing of finger and speaking of wickedness, that is, quit blaming other people, put an end, end to speaking in contempt about other people, Quit gossiping about other people's sins and speaking evil things. So God is saying, that's how you come to fast properly. Stop pointing fingers. Stop pointing, putting blame. Stop speaking about others in a contemptuous manner. Speak words that are right. Then come to fast. And then he says, verse 10. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. That means now, when you see people who are hungry, be generous. Give to them. Satisfy those who are in need. Now, of course... You're not going to be... We're not going to be able to go all around Bangalore and meet everybody's needs. That's not the point. The point is even if you do one person, you take care of their needs. You help them. It's positioning you to get in to the chosen fast. Are you listening? Just one person. Help somebody. Getting you ready to come into this fast, to fast correctly before God. And then the last part that he mentions here is in verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor Him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own word. Now I realize that, you know, we don't practice the Sabbath the way they did in the Old Testament. For us, you know, typically Sunday is the day we gather together in some other parts of the country. They may meet on Fridays and so on. That's okay. The point of this verse is you honor God. You gather together with His people. You honor Him in all your ways, in all you do and all you say. Honoring God is the bottom line. So God is saying, look, if you don't honor me with your life, but you come and fast, no points. But in order to fast correctly, you live a life that honors God. Amen? So that's it. That's our preparation to enter into the chosen fast. Our motives, we're not doing it to, you know, impress God. We're not doing it to get the sympathy of people. Those are wrong motives. We're not doing it for that. Our motives. Our uh, life, we want to honor God the best we know how. Live in an honorable way in the words we speak. Speak words that are pleasing to God and pleasing a blessing to people. Live right before God. Honor Him in the way you live and taking time to honor Him as you worship Him and so on. Honor God with your life. Second. Third, treat people well. Don't speak contemptuously of people. Don't speak wickedly of people. Treat them well. If you have people reporting to you, treat them well. And fourth, Show compassion to people. Help somebody. He says, you live that kind of a life. Now when you fast, you're getting ready to get in to the promises I have for you. Amen? But the simple spiritual discipline of fasting is so powerful. For some of us, maybe we're waiting for a breakthrough. Maybe we're waiting for healing to manifest in a certain area of our body. Uh, Maybe we're asking God for guidance. Maybe we want to see fruitfulness take place for us to become like well-watered gardens. Maybe we are looking, saying, God, I need a breakthrough in promotion. I want to ride on the high hills of the earth. I want to be able to move up higher. All these are blessings that God says you can have, you can enter into through the chosen fast. You do it the way I wanted you to do it, and you will have these blessings. Amen. It's something all of us can practice. It's another spiritual discipline all of us can do. All of us can enter into. So I want to encourage you to go back and read the 58th chapter. Think about it. Look at all the promises that are there. That God has said, you know, all these things can be yours. If you just do fasting right. And God is not looking at, you know, how long you're fasting. Oh, wow, you've done three days. Try six days. Try ten days. He's not looking at that. He's just looking at even if you're fasting a meal. If you'll do it correctly. Do it right. It'll unlock this blessing. Even if you fast one meal a week or Like I said, there are other things that we can fast, certain activities. Or you can live a fasted life where you are, you know, it may not be necessarily uh, staying away from food, all kinds of food, but you're choosing to live a certain life that is disciplined, like the Nazarite, you live that life. That's a fasted life. You're always fasted before God. And you're practicing these things, he said in Isaiah 58. You live that Nazarite life, a fasted life, you will walk in these promises. Amen. I like us as a church to begin to discover how, as a community, when we can fast together. Now, first of all, we need to practice it ourselves as individuals, right? So we encourage you to do that yourself. But then, as a community, then we can come collectively, collectively before God and press in and see the blessings. The book of Job, Joel chapter two, and I just make this uh, comment before we close, um, where uh, three times he says, "Gather the assembly," meaning gather all the people together three times. Gather them together. Let them seek God in fasting. So he's calling people together as a corporate body. He says, gather them and seek God, and then he, he, he then this amazing blessing in Joel chapter two of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Of, of a restoration of time, of a restoration of things that may have been devastated in the lives of people. What the locust has eaten, God says, I'll restore. Time that has been lost, wasted, I will restore. Uh, amazing blessings of the outpouring of the Spirit, of restoration that God says, I'll release on your people. But gather the people together, together, corporately, if they will seek God. There is blessing at the end of it. So personally, individually, we can all walk into these blessings. I'd encourage you to do that in your own way, in whatever small way, between you and God, you start. And collectively, as we journey further, we will try to come together and, and, and step into what the, what the book of Joel describes for us, so we collectively can experience those blessings that are waiting on the other side. Amen? Let's take a few moments to pray, please, before we close. Our Sermon is over. Let's take a few moments to pray. But you bow before the Lord as, as you remain seated. Just pray and say, God, give me this grace. I know for some of us, skipping a meal is like, whoa, maybe the toughest thing we've done. But, you know, we can all start with something. Maybe you can set time aside from watching television or something else that you could do between, in your own life. to so take that 15 minutes to pray or something. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to step in to the chosen fast. And God, I just pray for each of us here that you'll give us the grace. You'll give us the resolve. Give us the willingness to step into this, Lord. To prepare ourselves so that when we fast, we will do it right. and That we can get in and receive the promises that are awaiting us. Light shining forth in our darkness. The darkness being turned to noonday sun. Health springing forth speedily. Coming like a well-watered garden. Becoming a repairer of the bridge. Restoring the ways that people should dwell. God, take each of us personally and us as a community into this. Help us journey into this give us all the grace. We give you thanks, Father. We Give you thanks. We just take a few moments to pray, please. Just continue in prayer for the Lord. Okay, let's rise to our feet, please. And we'll close with the benediction. Those of you who would uh, like to be prayed for, ministered to for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would inc- invite you to come and be seated on the front after this, after we dismiss and Pastor and I will be here to pray with you, uh, spend some time with you, and help you in the Baptist Holy Spirit. Uh, we'll do that after we close. Let's close, please. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Start making your journey into the chosen fast. Let's do it together. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.